This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. The case of a man called Ray Epps, we know his name, but they've never been charged. Well, what's that about? Is this guy going to be charged? We've got what seems like an actual insurrectionist on tape, but they don't want to talk about it. And they definitely don't want you to talk about it. The question is, did Ray Epps work or have any contact with any government agency? Did he talk about January 6th, before it happened, with any employee of the U.S. government? We don't know. The mysterious figure called Ray Epps encouraged the crowd to go into the Capitol. For some reason, Epps has never been indicted for that. An actual insurrectionist at a day that, quote, wasn't an insurrection at all. Which one was it? It's just another example, a very frequently cited one, of how Tucker Carlson took wild conspiracies running rampant on far-right-wing websites and then dangerously platformed them, amplified them, and repeated them over and over and over again without any evidence that they were true for his own benefit. Carlson, along with members of Congress and the twice impeached, now indicted ex-president himself, were so desperate for January 6th alternate reality, scapegoat, that they turned out one of their own, promoting the theory that Ray Epps, now do you know who he really is? He's a former Oath Keepers member, a two-time Trump voter, and a January 6th rally goer who acknowledged that he helped, quote, orchestrate the crowd's movements. They accused him of working with the FBI as an informant who was there to incite them up. For its part, the FBI confirms to 60 Minutes, who had Epps on last night, what the January 6th committee found more than a year ago. That, quote, Ray Epps has never been an FBI source or an FBI employee. Epps, too, is speaking out, telling 60 Minutes he doesn't understand how he was cast as the villain. And here's what he thinks of Tucker Carlson. He's obsessed with me. He's going to any means possible to destroy my life and our lives. Why? To shift blame on somebody else. One concern I do have, Nicole, uh, and I bet the senator uh, shares the same concern, who gets the January 6th tapes now? Mm -hmm. Tucker Carlson possesses those. Kevin McCarthy put those in Tucker Carlson's hands. Uh, there were probably some constraints, I hope, uh, by Fox, especially post-Dominion uh, suit being brought but if you have a disgruntled employee, you know, walking around with 40,000 hours of security footage, I really do worry what could happen with them. And I hope Kevin McCarthy will ask Tucker Carlson for those tapes back. Okay, welcome. It is um, Monday, 24 April in the year of our Lord, 2023. We've got uh, Darren Beatty. Obviously, the massive breaking news today was about Tucker Carlson, also Don Lemon, Susan Rice, but Tucker Carlson. And it's very unclear, uncertain how what even happened here. And I think a lot of people are talking. We've actually pretty dialed in and everything we're hearing is extremely disturbing. Want to get uh, Darren Beatty from Revolver. Darren, it's interesting. I watched and we've got some clips from it. I watched 60 Minutes last night because I thought, hey, 
you know, War Room's done a lot of episodes on this. Tucker's done a lot of episodes on this. But it all comes around kind of your reporting and Revolver's reporting. And I must have heard your name, I don't know, 20 times on the in 22 minutes, but no Darren Beatty. So first, let's deal with the Tucker aspect first and the Murdochs and, and quite frankly, showing no respect for Tucker Carlson, who's done an incredible job. No respect for MAGA. Uh, because Tucker's got a big populist, he's a pop, he's got a big populist audience. Clearly the Murdochs are trying to send some signal here. Let's deal with Tucker first, and then I've got to get into, and I'm not saying this is a triggering event, but clearly somehow I had to get into the mix about this episode last night on 60 Minutes and the lack of, of Darren Beatty and anybody from Revolver actually laying out the facts. So Darren, let's talk first with Tucker, what you know, what your sense is of what happened uh, what happened today absolutely well as to the tucker thing i don't have any more visibility or insight in anyone else all i can say is the obvious fact is that tucker was one of a kind on mainstream cable news television he was not just unique with respect to other so-called conservatives hosts he was unique with respect to the entire mainstream American media. There are occasion after occasion in which he was the lone voice of dissent presenting an alternative view against an absolute lockstep consensus throughout the entirety of the rest of the media, including on Fox News. There are guests, including myself, frankly, that could only have a chance of appearing on mainstream television on Tucker's show because of this difference that Tucker made, his different approach and his bravery and his willingness to cover things that nobody else would. And you mentioned, you know, Revolver News basically changed the entire national conversation on January 6th. We couldn't have done it without, of course, you guys at the war room amplifying it to the base. That's, you know, huge number one. And also Tucker amplifying out to the broader nation. You know, there are people who are not, you know, War Room is kind of for the, the really engaged people. The people know what's going on. The people understand politics. For Fox News, there are a lot of people who, they're not really into politics, but they just habitually turn on the television at prime time. And if, you know, if Tucker's not there to give them a different view, they're never going to hear about it. And that was crucial in terms of elevating the, truth about January 6th to the nation at large. And as I think you've seen as um, an expert in media, you know when you've touched a nerve. And I think it's fair to say that those who dare to criticize the official narrative of the January 6th Fedsurrection, that touched a nerve like pretty much nothing else in recent history, at least since uh, Trump came into office. The regime was furious that Revolver's reporting and amplification led to really the delegitimization of the mainstream narrative about what January 6th was. And of course, Ray Epps being one of the two smoking guns of the Fedsurrection, they needed to basically close ranks around Epps. The only problem is the Epps case is so weak on their part. It's just such a weak leg to stand on in every instance of the mainstream media coming to the defense, the unlikely defense of this 
former Oath Keeper who was caught on camera in camouflage in a Trump hat, you know, directing people to the Capitol, caught on camera on January 5th, telling people to go into the Capitol and so forth, now has all of these unlikely defenders in the New York Times, in Adam Kinsinger, and now in the stale and kind of desiccated arm of the national security state sort of janitor media in 60 Minutes, it just doesn't sit right. And that's the thing, when you're, when you're open, you played a segment of some, some woman on MSNBC and it's just amazing the low IQ that you see on intelligence, that, that, that the low IQs that these segments cater to. Because this woman in her own admission says, oh, Ray Epps was a quote unquote Trump supporter. He was an oath keeper, this and that. And it doesn't even occur to her to ask, well, why is David Brock's guy, former Perkins Coy lawyer, representing Epps now? Why is the New York Times doing puff pieces on Epps? Why is 60 Minutes bending over backwards to portray Epps in a sympathetic light? The basic question doesn't even occur to her. So it's, it's just really amazing to see the low IQ that so many of these cable news segments cater to, including 60 Minutes and including especially the segment that they did on Epps last night, which I'm very eager to talk about. Yeah, we're going to get to that in one second. I do want to, you know, if you look at the early days after January 6th, you had, to me, three, you had Raheem Kassam over at the National Pulse. You had Julie Kelly at American Greatness and you had Darren Beatty at, uh, at Revolver. And I just want to make sure the audience, uh, I would like you to address this again. The courage of uh, Tucker's producers and Tucker to put you on on some of your analysis, in particular on Epps, but other things on January 6th, number one, I think is what got McCarthy to come to him with the footage and say, hey, I think you may be the best guy to go through this. You've got the resources, you have the team, uh, and you have clearly understand the, the issues. But talk about the courage it took of a Tucker Carlson to put to put you up, particularly in the early days of this, when yeah. you know they turned on him viciously. I, I, and I think the audience has to understand Tucker's taken some very principled and very tough stances that are definitely against where the Murdochs wanted uh, Fox to go. Uh, Darren Beatty. Absolutely, it's a tremendous amount of courage, and that's why you know Tucker was kind of an anomaly. He was um, a glitch in the system. Somebody like Tucker is not supposed to be, <laughs> exist on primetime television in the globalist American empire. That's not supposed to happen. So I suppose it was only a matter of time uh, before he gets removed. But as much as Tucker wasn't supposed to happen, Darren Beatty and Revolver News are not supposed to be on mainstream television in the globalist American empire. You're not supposed to hear stuff that real, that subversive, that contrary to the agenda promoted by the national security state, it's just not supposed to happen. It was only this alignment of events, this fluke that this brave guy, Tucker Carlson, had to happen to be there at the right time and happened to have the courage to platform and to amplify our reporting that the entire national narrative about January 6th changed. It was kind of a fluke. It wasn't supposed to happen. It's kind of stuff doesn't usually happen. And just like Trump wasn't supposed to happen. It's the same principle. 
Let's These go. things Let's... are not supposed to happen. And when they do happen, the regime absolutely freaks out and they will go to any length imaginable to put the toothpaste back in the tube. Give me your assessment first of the Ray Epps story as presented last night by 60 Minutes. Then I'm going to play some clips for your specific commentary. But give me your overall opinion of the of the of their work product last night, sir. Well, substantively, it was incredibly weak, although in order to be somewhat charitable, I have to say that it's not as much of a disgrace as the New York Times puff piece, but it's pretty close. Uh, substantively, it's, it's kind of a joke. They don't ask any of the basic questions that you would expect them to ask. They don't ask, where did you get this idea, Epps, to go into the Capitol and why were you so persistent about it? They don't press him on that. They don't press him on the question of, were you directed by any government agency? Why, for that matter, don't you think when these other individuals were arrested for trespassing, why don't you think you were arrested given that on paper, as a former head of the Oath Keepers Arizona chapter, as a guy with a Trump hat and camo, as a guy telling people to go into the Capitol, on paper, you're exactly the kind of person that they would want to make an example of. How have you been able to elude prosecution, whereas all these other people are rotting in prison for similar behavior? How is that possible? Why is it that you're the only January 6th participant about whom Adam Kinsinger will display sympathy, about whom the New York Times will write a puff piece? There are no probing questions of this sort whatsoever. It's a journalistic disgrace. Um, from the Meta context, as you mentioned, Revolver News is ubiquitous throughout the whole segment. They mention it multiple times. We are the quote unquote conspiracy people that have put poor Ray Epps in this beleaguered position, Revolver News and Tucker Carlson. And yet they give, they, they give Ray Epps a chance to speak his piece. They don't give Revolver a chance to respond which is amazing because one of their producers, and I don't want to mention his name because he's just a bag carrier. A lot of these guys are just a bag carrier. They're just happy to be there. You know, their family probably says, hey, you know, you, we never thought, you know, Bob or whatever would amount to anything, but he's carrying a bag. He's carrying a suitcase for the a guy at 60 minutes. How big of a deal is that? And his family probably brags about it. So he's just a bag carrier. I'm not going to get into his issue, but they made it like, oh, you know, Darren, we're doing a segment on Epps and we'd like to we'd like to interview you about it. And we got right up to the end and they kind of canceled mysteriously at the last minute. And Steve, again, you're you're an expert in media. You know all of the tricks that an organization like 60 Minutes has at its disposal to make me look bad. This isn't live TV. They can splice. They can dice. They can B-roll. They can contextualize. And if I happen to say anything extremely persuasive, they can simply leave that out of the segment. And yet with all of those tools at their disposal, they still thought it was too dangerous to have me on because probably the case on Ray Epps is that damning that they wouldn't want to hear me, even with all of their advantages. So even though the whole segment is about saying how bad Revolver is and being conspiracies on Epps and so forth, even though they interview Epps and portray him in his sympathetic light, and to add insult to injury, 
They get this overweight guy with crooked teeth. They pluck him out of some fourth rate neocon think tank, a guy who apparently does like contracting work for the FBI. They trot this fat guy out to look into the camera and say, you know what, all this stuff about Ray Epps is unsubstantiated. Give me a break. What crackerjack box did this guy get his so-called degree from? It's so insulting. It's one thing to be quote unquote debunked by people who are at least like, you know, high representatives of the regime. But when they dig into the bottom of a barrel and get some third rate guy from a think tank with crooked teeth to look in the camera and say without any kind of evidence, any kind of argumentation that, oh, there's nothing to this Ray Epps thing. It just shows what a sloppy job that they do. And you know what's even sadder? They don't even need to do a better job than that because most of the people watching this um, are, are kind of that dumb. The propaganda doesn't even need to be that good anymore. We know what a joke it is, but unfortunately, I think a lot of people watching are just on zombie mode and they don't know any better. That's why I think it's, I'm so proud of the War Room audience because they're so up, not just on the material, but they want more. They want more details. They want more granularity. We always say, show the receipts and you've done such a great job on the F story. What, what shocked me about just the way it was produced they continue to talk about revolver and they kind of go and they all after Tucker, but all Tucker, Tucker is contextualizing, but essentially his reporting is based upon and predicated upon you. So if you don't get Darren Beatty on there and have 60 minutes, like they, like a Mike Wallace interview, sit there and humiliate their purpose is supposed to be <laughs> humiliate Darren Beatty to show before the nation that he's a liar and a con artist. They bring up some guy that has no purpose in the story whatsoever to kind right. of reaffirm it, but it's not, they should have you. Let's go and ahead. Yeah. And, yeah, go ahead. That's really, when you think about it, it's really quite a compliment from, from their side because they're saying that it's not only a compliment to me, but more so it's a tac- tacit concession that the um, arguments presented in Revolver's reporting are pretty much um, <laughs> overwhelmingly compelling. Uh, Otherwise, like I said, with all of the tools at their disposal, with the home court advantage that they have, being able to splice and dice and edit and everything, even then they thought it was too dangerous to have me on. When they have some random other guy, some third rate, fourth rate guy from a trash think tank, from a trash neocon think tank, to just look in the camera with his fat cheeks and say that there's nothing to the Ray Epps story. If they're going to pluck that guy out of the trash can, you'd think at least they would ask, you know, have me be able to speak and defend the reporting that makes up the substance of their entire segment. You know that it's not easily refutable because those producers, look, 60 Minutes got a huge staff. It's enormously profitable. They're, they're total pros when it comes to this. If they thought they could easily refute it and humiliate you, trust me, you would have been front and center. It's the greatest compliment of Revolver's reporting is that they didn't yeah. want you on. Okay, let's go ahead and play Memphis. we got time for a couple of clips. What I, I think we're going to do, Darren, and maybe we set it up for one night this week. I want to play the whole segment one night on Getter and have oh, a live. Oh, we got to do that. That would be so fun. Get a couple hundred thousand war room people to watch that it. That would be so fun. Grace and, and Jane Zirkel, the Savage Angels, and myself, and we interview you. You give commentary during it, and then we'll talk 
before and after. We'll figure that out. So, but Memphis, we got a couple of clips. Let's play some clips, and I want Darren uh, commentary. If Ray Epps was a covert plant, he is the worst covert plan of all time. If you are part of some elaborate conspiracy against thousands of people in Washington, D.C., I don't know why you'd want to stand out from the crowd the way Ray Epps did. Tom Jocelyn is a researcher and author, one of the country's top terrorism experts, tapped by the January 6th committee to help write its final report, which found evidence far-right extremists like the Proud Boys planned and executed the breach of the Capitol. He says the committee interviewed Epps and found he wasn't important enough to put in the report. I wouldn't defend Ray Epps or anybody else who was on the Capitol grounds that day. I would just defend the facts. So the idea that he's leading the charge or really orchestrating it is just contradicted by this mountain range of evidence. And that's what the conspiracy theorists want you to, want you to do, right? They don't want you to look at this mountain range of evidence. They want you to turn around and focus on this pebble on the ground named Ray Epps. They also don't want you to look at what President Trump was saying and doing. He calls Epps' behavior baffling, but not evidence of a conspiracy. They've got to come up with some sort of connective tissue between Ray Epps and the FBI, and they've got none. And so they can make up all sorts of ad hoc arguments to justify their beliefs, but that's all they are. It's not actual investigative work. It's not actual evidence. The January 6th committee looked at the evidence, video, phone records, travel receipts. So did the FBI. <laughs> this is, okay, Darren Beatty, I'll let you, that's a tee up for a softball. Uh, so go yard on that. I mean, I mean, this is, what can I say? This is the guy that I was talking about. They, they get the guy with the crooked teeth and an empty head to give a completely substance-free, quote-unquote, argument uh, refu refuting the stuff about Ray Epps. I mean, it's first of all, the focus on the FBI is ridiculous because I've never maintained that Ray Epps works for the FBI. My personal belief is that he does not work for the FBI. And in fact, I've said in other contexts and in other interviews and such that, you know, Ray Epps, his first lawyer, before he got the Democrat hatchet man who works for David Brock, his previous lawyer was a nine-year veteran of the Phoenix field office of the FBI. And that lawyer went on this kind of publicity tour, emphatically and explicitly denying Epps' involvement with any law enforcement agency. And I noticed, why is this guy clinging for dear life onto the phrase law enforcement agency? Well, you know, if, if Epps is not involved with the law enforcement agency, that leaves open a lot of possibilities. He could be military intelligence. He could be DHS. He could work for a cutout organization you know, operating at the behest of those are, there are a lot of possibilities that could still be consistent with the idea that he was an inauthentic actor on that day. But to for this guy to act like, oh, we need some kind of employment card of Epps for the FBI in order to justify asking the questions we do about Epps, namely, why is this guy who seems to be the poster boy for exactly the kind of person the DOJ would want to make an example of, managed to get away scot-free when all of these other people are rotting in prison, when they could have charged him with trespassing like they have with a bunch of other people. His behavior was sufficiently egregious that he was one of the first 20 people the FBI put on their most wanted list. The New York Times, before it started writing puff pieces on, on him, featured him in their ominously titled Day of Rage piece on January 6th. So it's not like he was 
an unknown quantity. And I've never said that he's Epps is ironically the person who said that he orchestrated it. He texted his nephew saying, I orchestrated it, referring to January 6th. I didn't say he orchestrated it. Tucker Carlson didn't say he orchestrated it. We're simply pointing to the bizarre set of facts and the bizarre protection that this individual seems to enjoy from the DOJ and from the mainstream media, including the New York Times and 60 Minutes and Adam Kinsinger and others. Why of all of the January 6th participants is this the guy who gets the sympathy treatment? It simply doesn't add up and it's absolutely an embarrassment and an insult for them to trot out this third tier, low status think tank hack with chubby cheeks and crooked teeth to look in the camera and give a non-argument about Ray Epps. It's, it's just, we, it's, the, it's the worst journalistic mop-up job I've ever seen. Second before, only to the New York Times job, which as I mentioned, was even worse. Let's go ahead and play the mashup. We've got a mashup of Ray Epps to take us to commercial break. I think it's gonna be longer in two minutes. Let's go ahead and play it. The audience can see it. And then we'll bring Darren Beatty back on the other side. Let's go ahead and let it rip. We need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. What? No! Peacefully! Then! 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 Tomorrow? I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested. Well, let's not say it. We need we need to go. I'll say it. Alright. We need to go in. Shut the fuck up, Boomer. To the Capitol. Base Fed posting? Right. <laughs> we need to go into the Capitol. I didn't see that coming. Okay. Monument Hill. speaking. We are going to the Capitol where our problems are. It's that direction. Please spread the word. All right. No, Dave, okay, but one more thing. Yeah, so can we go up there? No? When we go in. Are we going to get arrested if we go up there? Yeah. You don't need to get shot. Can arrest us all? jogging up there my lying eyes it's absurd we don't include i'm we're going to have the uh, hops i'm trying to get jim and joe on tomorrow they've got other footage of showing him breaking the law darren Beatty, absolutely ridiculous that this guy many other people brought up on charges he was not just hang on darren we're gonna take a short commercial break darren b we got some other cuts from the whitewash of uh 60 minutes darren b is going to be here short commercial break todd benson also join us be back in a moment I don't know about you, it takes a lot to shock me these days, but to see our judicial system resemble a third world banana republic, to see trusted American companies embrace insane and destructive woke ideologies is frankly depressing. We must fight back, and that starts with changing the way we spend our money. For years, big mobile companies have been dumping millions into leftist causes, and we had to take it because there was not another option. Well, there is one now. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offers dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks so you get the best possible service in your area 
without the woke propaganda push by leftists working hard to destroy this great country. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you support free speech and religious freedom, the sanctity of life, Second Amendment, and our military and veterans and first responders, the heroes. Now, Patriot Mobile's 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. Or call them at 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Bannon. Ask about their coverage guarantee while you're there. This is PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. Or call 878-PATRIOT. Take action today. Stop giving your money to people that hate you and hate what you stand for. Back the only Christian conservative wireless provider, Patriot Mobile. Take action today. A lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way woke corporations treat us and their employees. But it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you actually spend your money in less than a year. Public SQ has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never counsel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. Public Square connects freedom-loving Americans with the community and businesses they share their values. Here's the best part. It's absolutely free to join. Just go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com and download their app today. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can support you. We can't always change the world, but we can change how and where you spend your hard-earned dollars. Begin your search at Public Square today. That's publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Take action. Stop giving your money to people that hate you and your values. Go to publicsq.com. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with covidtaxrelief.org. What do you think when you see this now? It brings back some bad memories. 
it's hard to see our capital under attack. It's been more than two years since the storming of the Capitol, but Ray and his wife Robin told us they relive January 6th every day of their lives. You know, some people have said, well, just let it go and let it die down. It doesn't. What they don't understand is it doesn't. What exactly was the role of Ray Epps in the chaos of January 6th? The theory, Epps, a former member of the Oath Keepers, was an FBI informant who incited the crowd on January 6th, bubbled up from a right-wing news site called Revolver News, run by a former Trump speechwriter. He's the smoking gun attack. of the entire Fed's erection. And landed on Fox News primetime. According to a new investigation from Revolver, Epps may have led the breach team that first entered the Capitol on January 6th. The convoluted conspiracy theory made its way to Capitol Hill. It's not the Proud Boys who engage in the initial breach. It's Ray Epps at that precise moment. How did Ray Epps know that there were going to be pipe bombs? Ms. Sadburn, who is Ray Epps? That question has animated Fox News host Tucker Carlson for nearly two years. Ray Epps? He's on video several times encouraging crimes, riots, breaches of the Capitol. Carlson has focused on Epps more than 20 times on his top-rated show, a half-dozen times so far this year. He's obsessed with me. He's going to any means possible to destroy my life and our lives. Why? to shift blame on somebody else. If you look at it, Fox News, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Ted Cruz, Gates, they're all telling us before this thing that it was stolen. So you tell me, who has more impact on people, them or me? Epps, once a loyal Fox News watcher, told us he doesn't understand how he got cast as the villain. The Epps version is more mundane. They believed the 2020 election had been stolen from Donald Trump and considered January 6th a legitimate protest. It was a He's sitting right there. Beatty, come in here. He's sitting there. He says he didn't do anything. He's sitting there. We got all the we got all the video. You see him right there telling people the night before, telling people that day. He's sitting there as a traffic cop right there on Constitution Avenue. 60 <laughs> minutes didn't play any of that. Not one second of the mashup we just played. What are they afraid of? Ray Epps is guilty as hell. I don't care about Ray Epps with the big, long face crying with the wife. You know, I, I, Ray Epps instigated, and he led the breach team. You see right there with the bicycle rack on that side of the Capitol. He's the first guy in there. And you've got somebody taking a, with a videotape of him up there with the lead four or five guys. How could that not be? How could 60 Minutes just look away from that? And how could they sit there with right. a big, long ha hangdog look? I don't know why they're picking on me. It's Ted Cruz. Screw you, dude. You're and an indicator of this, and you're associated with some government agency, full stop, Darren Beatty. And to see that compilation that you showed of Epps' behavior on the 5th and the 6th, and then ask yourself, of all of the people, if there could be one January 6th participant who has given extraordinarily unbelievable um, leniency by the Department of Justice. If there's one January 6th participant who would get a fully dedicated puff piece by the New York Times, who would get a sympathetic portrayal in 60 minutes, who would be the only January 6th participant about whom Adam Kinsinger would have sympathy and have nice things to say. Of all the people, 
Ray Epps, the guy depicted doing all of that stuff that we see, who happens again to be the former head of the Arizona chapter of the Oath Keepers, the most demonized and prosecuted militia group associated with January 6th. As I keep saying, on paper, he's exactly the sort of person, exactly the sort of quote unquote insurrectionist that all of the usual suspects would be desperate to make an example of. He would be perfect. And yet, quite the contrary, they're bending over backwards and making themselves look ridiculous to defend this guy. Why? Doesn't make any sense or put another way, it does not easily lend itself to any innocent explanation other than the obvious, is that he doesn't seem to have been an authentic actor in January 6th. He gives every indication of someone working on behalf of some other party, some other agency, for whatever reason, and I think we all know what the most likely context is for that. Um, I, one last thing before I let you go, and we want to have you back on the day. So we're going to set up to do with the, with the War Room Posse a, a live stream of this. We did one artificial intelligence last week. It was, I mean, we had a massive crowd. Um, do you believe, given that you've done so much original research in this, that the, essentially they said today they fired Tucker, the firing of Tucker Carlson will put, put a chill on the rest of the Murdoch empire, including the Fox live streaming service, to really drill down on anything related to the reality of January 6th. And if they decide to back off, what should happen to the, you know, the, the 42,000 hours of, of videotape that we've only seen very much of? And it was obvious they shut Tucker down on the second and third night of that expose. So give right. us your thoughts on that before we, before we bounce. Well, I think it, is an extremely bad omen for Fox. It pretends very bad things. I think, again, Tucker was a fluke. He was a glitch in the system, just like Trump was a glitch in the system. Something like Trump, something like Tucker, it's not supposed to happen. They're closing ranks. They're trying to move beyond. I have every expectation that they're going to try to make Fox a glorified version of the five. So just kind of happy, yuck, yuck, sort of, Info entertainment with, you know, the smiling frat boys and, you know, the cocktail waitresses and that sort of thing. And they're never going to cover anything serious and certainly nothing serious that's actually brave and subversive and that contradicts an important narrative that the regime is trying to push. Those days are over. Tucker was a fluke. That chapter's over. Um, and we're just one step closer to the full gulag system of the globalist American empire. Darren, how can people uh, get to Revolver? How do they get to you on social media? Because obviously now, more than ever, we need all the great analysis, commentary uh, on Revolver. And by the way, after your Saturday hit, my phone blew up. They love that piece on the Janissaries. <laughs> That's awesome. No, no, people loved it. They didn't like it. They loved it. So how yeah. do people get to Revolver? How do they read the Janissaries piece? Where do they go for all of it? And you're only going to see that now on Revolver News and War Room. You're not going to see that on Fox anymore. So I just say, if you have a Fox Nation subscription, just cancel it and subscribe to Revolver. You can go yeah, to Revolver News. You can see me on Twitter at Darren J. Beattie. We're on Getter at Revolver News. And I very much look forward. We should do the Getter thing. Just go through the whole 60 minutes. 
line by line and just rip the guts out. We will definitely do it. Um, Darren Beatty, honored to have you on here. Great reporting. Uh, great segment last time, 60 Minutes There, too gutless to go after you. So look forward to having you back on, brother. Thank you. Okay. Uh, you know, The Economist, the editor of The Economist, I've got it up on, on Getter, and we'll try to play it tomorrow, said that, you know, including the mainstream media, the most important news source out there for MAGA and for the Trump movement was War Room. And I'm very proud of this. One of the reasons is that, and if the, if the guys in Memphis can get the, my beloved New York Times right here, um, Okay, the New York Times. Anyway, the front page of the New York Times. Maybe I can get that. Maybe I can't. Okay, do I have it? Front page of the New York Times has got a major story about Biden is opening legal pathways for immigration, backdoor measures, in humanitarian policy, critics see usurping of Congress role. Let's get in Todd Benzman. Todd, correct me if I'm wrong, brother. You came on the war room, I don't know, four months ago, five months ago, and laid out this entire thing on humanitarian policy. It's the front page lead story in the New York Times today, like it's a huge reveal. And this is like a massive scoop that, uh, you know, our betters have to, uh, you know, ha have to read. Tell us about humanitarian policy, a story that you broke here on War Room, I think, I don't know, it was in October, November, November. November of last like November. year. Right. Tell us about it. Well, it's, I guess it's like they say, uh, if the New York Times didn't write about it, it never happened, it, or it didn't happen until they uh, finally write about it. And I've been telling you for months and months, it's been common knowledge. I must have been on this program, you know, 20 times talking about the pre-legalization program that the Biden administration has moved to, to grant humanitarian permission to enter the country while they're still south in Mexico, and then sneak them over the ports of entry so nobody can see how many are coming and not count them as illegals uh, entering over the border through the brush, right? Make it look better. It's all about optics. So uh, the New York Times has never reported any of this, and neither have the other major newspapers at all, even though it is a major shift in immigration policy uh, until today, all of a sudden today, they're like, wow, look, there's this new immigration humanitarian parole thing that they're handing out all this humanitarian parole on the front page of the paper. Anyway, very funny for those of us who have been uh, but, but, deeply. But, yeah, let, let's let's not lose the context here. Here's why this policy even exists. And it's the cover of your magnificent book. Your magnificent book has the Haitians at the International Bridge, I think at Del Rio, crossing the Rio Grande. That caused a firestorm that even Susan Rice and the other radicals inside the White House could not tamp down. That's why I said your book's probably got one of the most powerful covers on there because of that magnificent black and white photograph of, of all that. Um, the, they understand they can't have that optic anymore. They have to get That's away right. from having too big of crowds at the uh, at, at at the border. So what they did, and this is why they should be impeached. They subverted, and this is why they're going to destroy it for people in China, for people in these countries that are oppressed by dictatorships. They are going. They've gone and hardwired and worked around our asylum laws to come up with something that's totally phony. 
that can do it in the dark of night deep in Mexico and then fly the people and not have to drop them off in El Paso where there's too many reporters and now that Todd Benzman's down there, everybody's down there, but they can fly them in to the heartland of the nation and do what they want to do, take this invasion into our heartland. That's essentially what, and this is why, is, is Todd Benzman's told us one thing over the last couple of years, which is absolutely brilliant. He says, don't buy the fact that it's chaotic. Don't buy the fact that it's anarchy. This is incredibly well thought through of what they're trying to do. And every now and again, you get a glitch like the Haitians, but they'll get a workaround. And that's why it's so phony for the New York Times today. They clearly knew this was going on to finally, you know, put it on and not just buried by the tire ads on page 13 to put it upper right lead story where they send a signal. This is something important. And by the way, the subheadline is it may usurp Congress's power. Right. And that's why you see all these congressmen now having hearings on it. Is that basically contextualized what your great reporting showed us, Todd Benzman? Yes. And, it, and it's what I've been saying all along is that that this program, it, it goes it's outside of congressional authority. And there's a huge lawsuit by 20 states, which is the purpose, I believe, of the story. I believe that story is a plant. And let me explain why I think that story is a plant. When you read it all the way through, uh, first of all, the, the authority of humanitarian parole, uh, it's a very short paragraph. It's very clear what that is for. Uh, you can uh, The executive can grant a humanitarian permit to enter the United States if it serves a public interest, okay? Well, the bulk of this story after they report that, there's, that, that, that it's happening is that it serves a public interest. While this huge litigation is going on with 20 states to, uh, claiming that their use of this humanitarian authority is illegal. Uh, and so the New York Times has just provided the lawyers, the defense lawyers for the administration with their public interest, which is all these people are going to work. Oh, my God. Uh, like all these Ukrainians are working in the petroleum industry uh, where there's a worker shortage and we have to have petroleum workers. Uh, and then you can you can always tell what the point of a, of a news story is by the final quote of the story, uh, which in this case is something on uh, to the effect of, you know, thank God for the humanitarian parole program. Uh, they're giving us workers. So I think that there's a that that story was planted in there. They didn't wait for six months to suddenly put this in now uh, as this massive litigation is, is moving through, which could very well just cut the legs right out from under it. I got a couple of minutes here. Give me uh, Title 42. Give us an update on all that. Title 42, uh, that's the cattle prod used to push people into the humanitarian parole line. It goes away and the new cattle prod is going to be something called Title 8. There's no electricity in it. There's no batteries in it. It doesn't mean anything. It looks like a cattle prod, but it doesn't act like one. Uh, loopholes galore. I believe that we are going to see uh, huge numbers uh, return like uh, what we, I hope I'm wrong, like what they don't want us to see, which are backlogs of people on the riverbank, people sleeping in the streets of El Paso, people wandering around un, unprocessed and that sort of thing. I think we're kind of heading for something like that. Title VIII, the way that they've got it written, is filled with loopholes. 
unaccompanied minors will not be impacted. They will not be affected. They can walk right in and get processed just like always. Uh, family units with small kids walking right in uh, under the Flores settlement loophole. Google that, Flores settlement loophole, and you'll see exactly what I mean. The rules are saying we are going to respect the Flores settlement. Uh, that's a huge red flag. We are going to respect the Flores settlement. And everybody else can just say, I'm afraid that I'm going to get kidnapped in Mexico and you're in too. It's a total scam. Todd, how do they get your social media? How do they get the book with the magnificent cover? How do we get all your latest reporting? Sure. Well, the book is Overrun, How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History. It's the only book out there on this subject. And you can follow me uh, on uh, Benzman Todd at Twitter, uh, T. Benzman at Getter, and I'm on Truth Social too, Benzman, T. Benzman at Truth Social. Your thing's amazing. Six months later, the New York Times finally catches up with you, but we'll have you back on. It's definitely a plant. They, they definitely, and they talk about, we need the skill set. It's, it's the, the story in the Times is obscene. Todd Benzman, thank you. There's the so public interest right here. We have a public interest. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Todd Benzman, your reporting has been amazing. Uh, you're a true warrior. Thank you for coming to the war room. Thank you. This is why I love doing the show. I mean, the people we get up are just the best and the stories they break are the best and the information they get you months and months and months in advance. Uh, we'll play tomorrow the uh, Economist clip. I don't have time for it now, but I want to bring in Crom, Carmichael. Crom, uh, the war room, we had a huge crowd out in Torrance this weekend. All of them have hearts of lions. We need to keep those hearts healthy. How are we going to do it, brother? Well, Todd, uh, uh, Steve, thanks so much. Todd was fantastic. Let me just say the work he does and the work you do is great. And I'm going to hold up this bottle of salt tea. And if you take two of these soft gels a day, it will help, help you keep a healthy heart and help you maintain your cholesterol. And I want to talk just a little bit, Steve, you may, you may remember, but as of Friday, I became a grandfather again, a little, little baby, and, and I'm 74 years old, and I want to have a healthy heart so that I can, so that I can be sitting in the pews when she gets married in, in 22, 23 years. And, and I plan to do that, and I'm going to have a healthy heart, and I do that by taking soul tea. Now, the reason Salty will help you have a healthy heart and maintain your cholesterol levels is we've been extracting a particular molecule from green tea for 18 years, and I've been taking our product for that for that entire time, and it's a super enriched uh, extract. The molecule is theoflavin, which resides in green tea at, at a 1% concentration, but what we do is we extract it and we end up with a 22% concentration. Heart disease is the number one killer. Over a million people a year have a cardiac uh, event, either a stroke or a heart attack. And half the time people have a heart attack for the first time, they die from that heart attack. And so it is my great hope that, uh, that the posse will, take, will buy soul tea and, and take it to have healthy hearts and hearts of lions. And, and you get that by going to warroomhealth.com that's warroomhealth.com. Enter the code WARROOM at checkout. That's WARROOM at checkout. And what that'll do is you'll get $29.95 off your first shipment, which is essentially a 50% discount. And then on an ongoing basis, you'll get three bottles for the price of two, and we pay the freight. Take two, two soft gels a day of Soul Tea, and it will strengthen your heart, 
It will help your cardiovascular system and it will help you manage your cholesterol. And Steve, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you letting me tell the posse about Soul Tea and its benefits. Well, I got to tell you, people rave about it, Crom, uh, and we love having you on here. So thank you, brother. Thanks for coming on and I appreciate it. I sure appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Okay, uh, tomorrow morning, uh, I can't guarantee this, but we're working on it. I think we're going to be able to pull it off. Carrie Lake is uh, going to be in studio. So we'll spend some time with Carrie Lake. We'll get her observations on what's happening. We're going to have a lot more on the Tucker Carlson situation, maybe even talk about Susan Rice and Don Lemon. I think Caroline Wren, we're trying to get Caroline Wren on. I, I'm going to track down the Hoff brothers. They've got an amazing piece on Ray Epps, maybe even a little bit more. Darren Beatty's, we're going to drill down on this. Completely unsatisfactory what happened to Tucker Carlson today. And old man Murdoch, he ought to hear from you. You ought to cancel the Fox Nation subscription today. See you back here live 10 a.m. tomorrow. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.